What's going on, everybody? My name is Tristan, and you're about to watch the Bethel Moments podcast. But before we get into this, make sure you subscribe, comment, and share. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to episode eight of the Bethel Moments podcast. Today, we have my friend, Pastor Dwayne Parker from Yegod Church in North Carolina. Me and him met in uh, BSSM online, and man, this guy, I just felt the Holy Spirit on him. Like We were taking a course together that was transforming both of our lives. And just uh, as men, like he just really spoke to me and I felt the Holy Spirit asked me to invite him on to this podcast. So mm-hmm. I'm going to go ahead and just give him the floor because I really want to just get into this. So uh, Pastor Duane, welcome. Tristan, thank you so much, brother. I am so excited to be here uh, since we got to, to meet through Bethel School, brother. I love your fire, love your passion, love what you're doing here, and I'm truly glad to, to be a part of it. So I'm going to go ahead and just jump into this. Um, Today we're talking about if God is sovereign, why pray? I mean, why bother? Because it's going to go his way, right? He's sovereign. And and I have so many people coming up to me today, uh, talk to me about, you know, if he's such a good God, why why is this happening? Why is this happening in Ukraine? What about COVID and what's going on with transgender and all these subjects happening? Why? And uh, so I think a key to all of this is prayer. Now, I want to say this right out of the gate. Prayer has not always been a top priority with me, even as a pastor. Preaching was a priority. Studying was a priority. Ministering to people was a priority. And and it was more about um, those doing things. You know, people say we become human doings instead of human beings right and i really failed to see just how critical prayer was because because the way god designed us i mean it's vital to the way he created us to exist to to be in communion with him right so i I do a monthly conference call with other pastors and i just noticed that we're all talking about we feel like god has just been pressing on our hearts and calling us people to prayer so i was I was just reading First uh, Peter 4, 7, and I want to read it to you. Uh, this is the New Living Translation. I'm going to read a couple of different translations from First Peter 4, 7. But it says, the end of the world is coming soon. Therefore, be earnest and disciplined in your prayers. And in the Passion Translation, it says, since we are approaching the end of all things, be intentional, purposeful, and self-controlled so that you may be given to prayer. I'll I'll tell you, you know, people, everybody kind of agrees. It seems like we're in the last days of the last days, right? I don't know if that's four years. I don't know if that's 40 years, but man, you start looking at things and it seems like things are winding, winding down. And if there's ever been a time that we, the church, the bride of Christ need to be in prayer, man, it's this season that we're in. And uh, at Yay God Church, we started this. Um, we have a couple of times a week where we just come together. And I'm going to tell you, there's no preaching. There's no praise and worship. There's no program going on. We just have an hour. And any time in that hour, people just come into the building like from 6 to 7 p.m. on Wednesdays. Uh, they just come in and they just, you walk in, you'll see people in corners praying. You'll see people laying across chairs praying. You'll see people up on the stage just kneeling down, praying. And we just have an hour. We do this a couple of times a week and just come together and we're just praying. 
And I'm going to tell you, since we've really kind of changed it to this format, oh my goodness, it's been awesome. I just want to encourage you, if you're a pastor, man, this has been so powerful if you're not doing this. So I know that there are a lot of people who feel like they're not as good as, at praying as others because maybe their track record hasn't been that great. They see other people getting results, but they're not getting results, right? But I love what Bill Johnson says. He says, just because I might not be good at something or as good as somebody else is at it, as it, that does not give me the right to change my assignment from the Lord. You know, and, and going back to, to 1 Peter 4, 7, you know, as we're approaching the end of things, be intentional, purposeful, and self-controlled or self-disciplined so that you can be given to prayer. Now, all right, I'm going to get into something here, and I'm just going to tell you right now, some Christians don't like to hear the message I'm going to kind of get into because it sounds like I'm, I'm limiting God's. I'm limiting his sovereignty or I'm limiting his authority. When actually what I'm going to do is I just want to look at some scriptures in context, right? We know we, we've heard you take the, the scripture, you take the scripture out of context, you take the text out of context, you're left with the con, right? Hmm. I heard that. So I want to look at it without spinning it so that we can just feel better about our experiences or our lack of experiences. I just want to take it for what it is, okay? So before I begin, I, I, I want to say a few things um, to clarify, and I want you to listen carefully because you're going to have an opportunity to misunderstand me. So I want you to listen carefully to what I'm about to say, okay? I believe that God is all-knowing, all-present, all-powerful at all times. I believe he is all-good and there is nothing evil about him, period. Okay, and listen, I believe he has the ability to do whatever he wants to do, whenever he wants to do it, however he wants to do it. Okay, I, I think we can all agree on, on those things, right? So with that in mind, I want to jump right into Genesis. I want to go to Genesis chapter one, okay, uh, verse 26. And it says, then God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, over the cattle, over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. Now, notice it says, let them have dominion. It didn't say, let us, as in Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. He said, let them have dominion. So everything that exists in this world, from the, the highest flying bird in the sky to the creature swimming in the lowest depths of the ocean, all right, all of it, we have been, it's been placed under our dominion, okay? Now, a lot of people, and, and I'm just going to tell you, some denominations will, will tell you that Everything is working according to God's plan. Every event, every catastrophe, all of it's working according to his plan. He designed it. He planned it. He willed it to happen this way because he is sovereign and he is in control. Oh, my gosh. 
No, that is a lie that's been woven into the church by the enemy. And many of us are believing it because we give God credit for everything, right? Or, okay, or at least we believe he's okay with it, right? Because he allowed it, right? Mm -hmm. The only problem with that is we really don't understand the four main chapters of, of, of the Bible, I believe they are, and, and that's this, all right? Genesis chapter one, in the beginning, God says, this is how I created the earth and mankind, and this is how I created it to operate, like we just looked at in Genesis 126, okay? Then we jump to John chapter one, right? In the beginning was the word, the word was with God, and the word was God. And there he explains that he had to send his son to fix this mess. The world was in such chaos. All right, then you can go to Acts chapter one. Okay, now the purposes of Jesus's death is revealed as he explains the coming of the Holy Spirit. Why? So that the church can operate in the power of his spirit. But because of his blood purifying us, that can now happen. So go to Jerusalem and wait. Right. And then we jump to Revelation chapter one and, and we see the culmination of his whole plan as we see the alpha, and the omega the first and the last, the one who was dead, but now lives forevermore. So you look at those four chapters and, and really just kind of taking the first three where we see this is God's plan. And we know what happened. We know it got messed up. Jesus came back to get it on track. Go to Acts chapter one and boom. Well, that, that's been restored to us fully. Okay, so listen, listen, listen. God is not okay with things just because he allowed it. He said, what did he say? He said, let them, them, us, mankind have dominion. Okay. So we're looking, listen to me, brothers and sisters. We're, we're looking at chaos in the world. We're looking at destruction in the world. We're looking at, at death in the world, not because God's in control, but because he put this planet under mankind's dominion. So, so he placed the dominion of the, of the earth under us. And, and, and we, so we have dominion to, to do with the earth, listen, according to our free will. See, I have, I actually have the free will to walk into a barn, drink myself into a stupor, get in my car and drive on the wrong side of the highway, killing an innocent family. I have my God-given free will to exercise my free will in a world that I've been given dominion over. People say, why does God let that happen? Why, 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 let me ask you, why does a loving God allow, what is it, 18,000 babies a day to die all over the world? Why, why does a loving God allow one man living in a country to decide to invade a completely independent country, displacing hundreds of thousands of families, causing the deaths of thousands and thousands. See, we, we, we don't know how to deal with these catastrophes. And so what happens, we don't know how to answer them and respond. So what happens is the world starts believing lies about a good, good heavenly father. We just, we the church, we just hide behind two statements, see? God is sovereign and God is in control. And, and, and most churches have taught this and, and, and we bought it hook, line and sinker. And so when someone asks, you know, 
Why did God let that, that mother with two little children die? I mean, she went to church. She, she, she was on the praise team. I mean, why? And, and, and because we don't really get into the word like we should, all right, and, and then spend time intimately with him in prayer, we, we, say, we say dumb things like, you know, well, God just needed another little angel in heaven. And, and, and then, and then so, 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 I mean, that's actually, that's actually unscriptural. <laughs> and, and now this little child grows up very confused and perplexed with, with who this, this God is. And she lives her life in fear now, wondering, well, if I'm not good enough, is he going to take my daddy too? Or my brother? No, no, no. Listen to me. The Bible is very clear. All right. God has not come to kill, steal and destroy. OK. All right. It says that the devil roams around like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. All right. God is not the devourer. He is the restorer. Amen. All right. And he has restored our dominion. OK. So 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 God says, look, I've given you dominion over this planet. Right now, you can say, yes, Adam gave it away. He, he, he did. But listen to me. Listen to me. God always made a way for his people to walk in it and his domain. even even before Jesus came back. Watch this. Watch this. All right. Look at a, if we look at Psalm uh, eight, verse six. OK, this is this is King David, the prophet. Right. He says you talking about God, God, you make him. That's us, mankind. You make him to rule over the works of your hand. You have put all things right. I love what Bill says. You know, when he says all there, what he means is all you put all things under his feet, right? Mm-hmm. Psalm 115, 16 says, the heavens are the heavens of the Lord, but the earth he has given to the sons of men. Mm-hmm. Folks, this validates the earth he's given to the sons of men, all right? This validates everything I'm telling you right now, okay? So, so think about this for a second. Let's, let's think about this. When God created Adam and Eve, right, he never created them to become occupants of heaven. He didn't create them and then say, and now one day I'm going to return and I'm going to take you to come and live in heaven with me forever. No, 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 no. He created us to be forever occupants of this planet, ruling over it so that it reflects his kingdom. Right. Which which is which is which that, that's why we won't spend eternity in heaven. Right. Go to Revelation 21, verse one. There was a new heaven and a new earth. Right. Mm-hmm. All right. So we were created to, to, to for, for this planet and to rule over this planet. All right. So the other thing is this. When Adam and Eve were in the garden, Satan didn't have the title, the God of this world, like he does in Second Corinthians 4, 4. Because we know that when Adam and Eve chose to listen to Satan, you know, uh, that that they yielded their authority to him, right? Okay. The Bible says that you are slaves to whom you obey, and they came in agreement with them. All right. And, and we know, and I'm, I'm just going to just I'm going to say this. I know we all know this. But I'm going to say it just for clarification, just to make sure we're on the same page. But we know Satan swindled away their authority because what was it in Matthew? I think it's in Matthew chapter four and in Luke chapter four. Uh, Satan, he takes Jesus up to a mountain, right? He shows them all the kingdom of, of the world, okay, which is a supernatural thing, by the way. How many of you know Satan does have power, right? But he tells Jesus, he says, I will give you all of these if you'll bow down and worship me. And notice, Jesus didn't correct him and say, that's a lie. 
because it was true. He had been given that. He took it from, from, from Adam or he swindled it from Adam. All right. So yeah, we know the devil has power, but we also know that he has no authority now. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. What dictates power authority? Okay, our our military forces aren't going anywhere till the government, which has authority, declares an act of war, right? So, so, and, and just again, just a little, just to cover my bases. In Matthew twenty eight eighteen, you know, Jesus came to him and he said, he said, all authority, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. So that leaves how much authority for the other side? None, zero, zilch, nada, right? And he goes on and he says, go therefore. What does that mean? He's insinuating, okay, here's my authority. Now you go. I'm sitting down. You stand up. You go. All right? And then in verse 20, he says, doing what? Teaching them all I have commanded you. All that I've commanded you, which is heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the leopard, cast out demons. Freely you receive. Freely give. All right? So let me let you in on something. All right? God's ultimate plan hasn't hasn't changed since Genesis chapter 1. You've been given dominion, okay? Be fruitful, which means be productive. Multiply, be productive, work the garden, manage the garden, multiply and fill the earth. So have babies and reproduce, all right? And then go forth and subdue, okay? Which means to overcome, all right? So that the garden, you know, and Bill, I think Bill's talked about this a number of times, so that the garden of Eden would expand and expand and expand and expand until it encompassed the world, until the world reflected his kingdom. Okay, now, so everything that's going on in the world, politics, hatred, division, diseases, listen, none of it has anything to do with God being in control. There was, um, there was a young girl, her name was Lori, she was 17 years old, and she went to a youth revival meeting a youth rally revival meeting and she was a volunteer there and so she had stayed late praying for people man it was a good turn it was a great turnout and a lot of young people came giving their lives to the lord so she stayed late praying for people and it was uh it was between 11 30 and 12 o'clock midnight when she was driving home and a drunk driver had crossed the median and just crashed into her head on Three days later, she died in intensive care in her, in her mom's arms. Do you want to know what God was doing? Tristan, I'm just going to use you for an example, okay? Here's what God was doing. Tristan, I need you to call Bill. Call your friend Bill, Tristan, and just tell him wherever, wherever he is, you'll come get him. Tristan's immersed in Facebook, Okay. Here's Tristan. Tristan's doing this. He's just going through this little Facebook binge, right? Right? Tristan, I need you to call Bill. Here's Bill sitting at the bar. Man, he's got his tequila shot in his hand, and he's just, you know, I just can't do this anymore, man. Life just, my my wife hates me. My children don't like me. You know, I mean, just God said, Bill, this is not who you are. Bill, you are more than this. Man, it's just not worth it anymore. I just, I just can't. Tristan, Tristan, I need you to call Bill. Tristan's not paying attention because because God's voice. He hasn't been. He hasn't worked on. He hasn't. He hasn't exercised his spiritual muscles in hearing God's voice. 
Your spiritual muscles, Tristan, are just all flabby. You don't spend time with God. You're not really listening. And, and, you, and you have the free will to never exercise your spiritual muscle. All right? Tristan, call Bill. Tristan, call Bill. Tristan. Oh, my gosh. Can you believe the Parkers are going to the Bahamas again? Look at that water. Oh, my gosh. I cannot believe that. Wow. Tristan, call Bill. Call Bill, Tristan. Xbox. Oh, yes. Tristan, call Bill. Call Bill. Bill. See? The Spirit of God works through his people. He's given us free will. He's, he had, now listen to me, God has the ability to step in at any moment, but he's true to his word. He won't violate your free will to binge Facebook or, or Netflix all day long. Okay, he won't violate Bill's free will to drink himself into oblivion any more than he'll violate, he won't, but any more than he would violate my free will not to go to church, my free will not to go to prayer, my free will not to spend time in my prayer closet, my free will not to exercise my dominion. Your free will, he won't violate your free will not to exercise your dominion over this planet he's given you authority over. But see, the way God has set it up now, the sons and daughters of God are led by the Spirit of God, right? What does Romans 8, 14 say? It says that for as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. We're led, we're to be led by His Spirit. But I got free will to ignore that. Hmm. And, and so, so, you know, we, the church, have son, and this isn't all churches, but I visit a lot of churches. And we, the church, have done such a disservice because we don't want people to feel bad because we want them to keep coming back so our churches can keep growing so we can be and have a successful church, right? So we just say, you know, it's hard, but you know what? It's okay. God is sovereign and he's in control. Or, or the one that we really like to use a lot is, you know what? It's, God's going to work it all out for good. And that is true. That is scriptural. That is true. But we are so negligent in exercising our dominion that he's having to work out so much. And he's so good at it that people start thinking he must have caused it so that he could work it out this way. Hmm. Do you see that? Oh, my God. And that just isn't so so we've got to start exercising our spiritual muscles man and prayer is so key to this it's so key uh i want to i want to jump to um and, and just go through a story real quick in the, in the bible in acts chapter 12 that just kind of um validates this and in acts chapter 12 what's going on is um king herod Okay, he has the Apostle James arrested, right? This is the Apostle James, John's brother. Remember the Sons of Thunder, right? So he has the Apostle James arrested, and then he, Herod has him beheaded, okay? So, and when he did this, he saw that it really did displease the Jews, the Pharisees and Sadducees. They, they loved this, right? So what does he do? 
he goes out and arrests another apostle. He arrests Peter, right? And, and so he has four squads of soldiers guarding Peter. This one guy, okay? Because uh, if you remember back in Acts 4, Peter and John got arrested once and they pulled a miraculous Houdini and got out of prison. So now Herod's got four squads of soldiers in, in, in Acts chapter 12 here guarding Peter, right? So I want to pick up in verse 5 here, and I want to read Acts chapter 12, verse 5 through 11 here, okay? And it says, Peter was therefore kept in prison because the prayer was offered to God for him by the church. And when Herod was about to bring him out, that night Peter was sleeping, bound with two chains between two soldiers. So Peter's in prison. He's got a soldier. He's sleeping, and he's got a soldier. He's chained to a soldier on each side of him, okay? And the guards before the door were keeping the prison. Now, behold, in verse 7, behold, an angel of the Lord stood by him, and a light shone in the prison. And he struck Peter on the side and raised him up, saying, Arise quickly. And Peter's chains fell off his hands. Then the angel said to him, Gird yourself and tie on your sandals. And so he did. And he said to him, Put on your garment and follow me. So he went out and followed him and did not know that what was done by the angel was real, but thought he was seeing a vision. Verse 10, when they, when they were past the first and second guard post, they came to the iron gate that leads to the city, which opened to them of its own accord. And they went out and went down one street, and immediately the angel departed from him. And when Peter had come to himself, he said, Now I know for certain that the Lord has sent his angel and has delivered me from the hand of Herod and from all the expectation of the Jewish people. Yay, God! <laughs> okay, that's awesome, right? But 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 here's 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 my question to you. Why? Why did God rescue Peter, but the apostle James get beheaded? I mean, did God just decide to rescue Peter because he liked him better than, than he liked James? You know, well, that's not true. And I think it's Romans 2.11. It said, God, God shows no favoritism. He's no respecter of persons. Okay? So, so, so why? Why rescue Peter, but James get whacked? All right? Well, the answer is in verse 5. Peter was therefore kept in prison, but here we go. Constant prayer was offered to God for him by the church. Boom. See, they knew what happened to James. They knew that Herod wasn't just making empty threats anymore. So the church got busy, man. The church got on their knees and <laughs> totally different outcome. You want to see, 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 so we've got to quit making excuses for this powerlessness, powerlessness in church. And we've got to quit saying, why, God, you want to know why? Because God has put us here to manage the earth. Yes, he is the owner, but he's put us in charge. You hear me? Okay, okay. All right. All right. Um, listen, okay. If, if, if anyone has, anybody watching, if you've ever been a business owner, you can back me up in this, okay? No matter how awesome a business owner is, okay? Those who work for him determine the owner's success, okay? This owner may be the most well-organized, the most smartest owner in the world, 
but whoever he leads in charge, putting a manager in authority over this position and a manager over authority over with authority over this department and a manager over authority in this department. All right. Whoever he leads and put in charge of his business will determine his success. And if this this, this manager or this manager, if they're just coasting through, you know, I'm gonna go to church and I'll check my Jesus box for the week and out of church. If these managers are just coasting through and they're not committed and their heart don't line up with the owner's heart, boy, that business is going to fail. And you know who suffers loss? Both the owner and those who were called to serve. Listen, the owner is at the mercy of those who operate, who oversee, who serve the business day in and day out. And listen, God experienced this very thing. He had a great business plan. He had a good manager, Adam. Adam, here's everything you need. Here's your business plan. Be fruitful, multiply and fill the earth. Go forth and subdue it. Oh, yeah. And don't touch, don't eat from the tree, right? Well, long story short, they eat from the tree. Business plan collapses. And ever since that moment, God has been looking for good managers. So I know I'm, I'm, I'm running short on time. But so, so, so I'll just jump back real quick to 1 Peter 4, 7. Since we're approaching, since we're approaching the end of all things, be intentional, purposeful, and self-controlled. Why? So that you can be given to prayer. You know, Tristan, I, I came across this thing. Um, I was just doing some research and I came across this thing called on the Internet. It was called Satan's Agenda. It's um, it takes me about a minute and a half, two minutes to read it. Can I can I read it real quick? All right, I want you to listen to this. It's really just grabbed my attention. OK. Satan called a worldwide convention in his opening address to his demons. He said, we can't keep the Christians from going to church. We can't keep them from worshiping God and reading their Bibles and knowing the truth. We can't even keep them from biblical values, but we can do something else. We can keep them from the power of prayer and forming an intimate, continual relationship with Christ. If they gain that connection with Jesus through prayer, our power over them is broken. So let them go to church. Let them have Christian lifestyles, but steal their time so they can't gain that experience with Jesus through prayer. So this is what I want you to do. Distract them from gaining hold of their Savior and maintaining that vital connection through prayer. Well, how shall we do this? All the demons asked. Keep them busy with the non-essentials of life and unleash an assault of schemes to occupy their minds, he answered them. Tempt them to spend and spend and spend more and then borrow, borrow and borrow more. Convince them to work six, seven days a week 10 to 12 hours a day so they can afford their lifestyles and keep them from spending time with their children. As their families start to fragment, soon their homes will offer no escape from the pressures of work. Overstimulate their mind so they cannot hear that still small voice and cause them to be addicted to frivolous things, things that will add no significant value to their life. Entice them to watch hours of YouTube and Netflix and TikTok and meaningless podcasts. Keep those constantly in their homes. Pound their minds 
with information 24 hours a day, invade their every moment with social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Who knew the devil was so relevant, right? So that they spend hours scanning, reading, and responding to posts. Keep them and their children occupied with video games and flood their emails with junk and scams and empty promotion. Even in their recreation, let them be excessive. Make their number one priority be entertaining their family. Have them return from their holiday exhausted, disquieted, and unprepared for the coming week. And when they do gather for spiritual fellowship, involve them in gossip and small talk so they leave with souls unfulfilled and highlight all the failures of their prayer life. And above all else, sacrifice whatever you need to do in order to minimize the priority of prayer. At all costs, he shouted, keep them from prayer. It was quite a convention, and the demons went eagerly to their assignments and did exactly as they were instructed. So, Tristan, here's the question for us, for your viewers today. Has the devil been successful in his schemes against us? And, you know, when you look at, at what's going on with people today, I mean, the, the real truthful answer is probably pretty scary. Brother, I'm telling you right now, it's time to shift the atmosphere. Okay. And I, last, one last scripture, and I'll, I'll wrap this up. But in Matthew, I think it's 21, Matthew 21, verse 13, Jesus says, My house shall be called a house of prayer. He didn't say, it's going to be a house of preaching. He didn't say it's going to be a house of teaching. He didn't say it's going to be a house of serving. Of all the things he could have said, he said, my house shall be called a house of prayer. So, brother, we got to, um, yeah, we got it. We got to, we, we, we get, we got to get there, man. We got to get there. And, and I think there's, it's not coincidental. I'm talking with so many pastors, man, who just feel this pressing on their hearts and they're calling their people, they're calling the churches to just, let's just come together, man, and just, just lay it all out at his feet. So, so yeah. What a word. Oh my goodness. Um, that is right on point with everything I'm feeling in my spirit lately. Mm. Um, mm. Wow. Our, church, our church has been doing a weekly prayer as well. This church that I'm at, I'm helping out. Um, they've Amen. been every Wednesday prayer from six thirty to seven, and then we do a teaching at the end. But awesome, um, yeah. And I've I I've personally felt God leading me to pray more. Like I've been, um, you know, some people sing in the shower, but now I've started to pray in the shower. <laughs> <you know? laughs> and with our with our BSSM encounter rooms, I'll just turn. Oh, up come on! And flooded on. with the Holy Spirit. Come oh my on, goodness! Brother. Come on! Um, so, yeah. so good. So good. The yeah. amazing thing about prayer is you're building a relationship with the creator of the universe. That, <laughs> That's awesome. That That's is, so awesome. Dude. Yeah. It's, I mean, at any moment. I mean, just, yes. yes. What, a, what, a, what a privilege. You know that, you know, it just, man, if we 
Ah, oh, yeah. Not take it. Let's not take it for granted. Not take it for granted. No. And so your word just right there just felt like a breath of fresh air of confirmation for me. Mm. And I wanted yeah. to, I wanted to transition in. And before I even have questions, like usual, I have heard your <laughs> testimony before, and I don't know if you feel comfortable sharing it, but I'd love to hear your testimony. Yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll try and keep it real brief. But um, yeah, I was called into the ministry uh, about 30 years ago. Mm -hmm. And so I, I did not grow up really knowing the Lord or anything. Um, I bartended my way through college, got in kind of lifestyle, and then got invited to a, by a buddy who just kept coming to my bar. <laughs> and pestering me to come to church and I kept saying yeah yeah thinking he'd just go away and he kept showing up so I finally went to church to get him off my back and man God just met me there and uh so just I go off to seminary and I uh I I, I just immerse myself in this marry a one a, a Christian woman and while I'm at seminary um she left me <laughs> so uh, I got really mad at God and um, went off and joined the Army Rangers. I figured if I couldn't save people, I was going to jump out of planes and shoot them. <laughs> so, but while I was there, I, I just met an awesome, awesome man of God while I was in the military, full of the Holy Ghost, didn't know anything about the Holy Spirit. And dude, Holy Spirit came in and wrecked me, man, in an awesome way. Just. It was just amazing. And uh, yeah, so grateful for that. So, you know, God did take a bad situation and work it out for my good. But um, so anyway, but I, I never got back into the ministry full time and went into business and uh, built up a very, a, a pretty good successful business career. I owned um, five furniture stores with a partner and, uh, but God kept pressing my heart. And so um, there was a, a Christian charity called Yay God. It sold Christian apparel and gave all the proceeds to, 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 to charity organizations, Christian organizations. And but it didn't. Um, it eventually fizzled out. And so he came to me and said, "God's telling me to give you this Yay God ministry." And I'm like, "No way! <laughs> I ain't going down that road again." You know, last time I last time that happened, my wife left me, and I lost. It. So anyway. Uh, but eventually, after about a year, um, I, I submitted to the Lord. Mm -hmm. So we started Yay God, me and uh, two other families in my basement about seven years ago. And I kept working in the um, furniture business, running my stores. But um, about three years ago, God uh, just called me, said, it's just time to, you know, cut my ties and just be fully, fully in. So, so I did that and, uh, it's been an awesome journey just watching him, watching him work. Um, I'll tell you what's one quick story. When, when he told me to start this church, it was about November of 2014. We had no money, no building, no cameras, no TV, no chairs, nothing. And he told me to launch it January the 11th, 2015. And, uh, here it is November one and we got nothing. <laughs> Two other families. And by January the 11th, we had a dance studio that opened up its doors to us. We had speakers, TV equipment, cameras, and it was just amazing what God did from, I mean, I talked to one guy trying to convince him to come with us on board. And he's like, wait, 
you got no TV, no building, no nothing. You want to launch a church in two months? Ain't going to happen. <laughs> so but God moved, and uh, it's been awesome ever since, watching him do things. That's beautiful. Yeah, um, and yay, God means, means yes in the old English language. Yay and nay, yes and no, it means yes, God. Uh, so we're saying, yes, God, here we are. And it sounds like Y-A-Y, yay, God, because we get excited about what God's doing. We get, man, we get pumped up. And it's, it's, it's cool. So go ahead, brother. Yeah, and um, so something that I just felt like as you were sharing your testimony, you got highlighted to me. This isn't a rabbit trail or anything, but um, your persistence, that, that, that man's persistence at the bar, him just coming and coming and coming. And isn't that what we should do? Is be brother, oh, you know, truly, what what is it? Walk by faith. It doesn't say walk by emotions, but walk by faith in spite of what we're seeing. And that guy, I mean, literally, he came to me when I was bartending. He came to me. His name was Steve Payne. I'll never forget him. And uh, that was 30 years ago. And he came to it was over 10 times, invited me, walk into a bar, ordering a Coke or whatever, and sitting there trying to talk me into coming to church wow amazing yeah it is um yeah so my uh first question for you is how so th i try to ask questions that try to help you guys the viewers um because i don't know sometimes you guys have questions that just don't get answered in churches nowadays um and one question i have is is how can we recognize the voice of god wow okay um I'm going to go back to the basic here. I, I think it starts in, in, in John chapter 10, okay? Uh, in, in John chapter 10, I think we can find a, a great answer to, to that question. And, and that's simply this. And in John chapter 10, uh, verse 2, it says, But he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. And then verse 3, To him the doorkeeper opens, and the sheep hear his voice. All right? Who are we? We're the sheep, right? And it says, we hear his voice. That's the shepherd. That's Jesus, all right? And he calls his sheep by name and he leads them out. Verse four, when he puts forth all his own, he goes before them and the sheep follow him because they know his voice. And if you jump over to verse 27, my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. What's my point here? My point is this. Here's the first thing to hear in God's voice, okay? Is he a liar? No. What does he say? He says, I hear his voice. Listen to me, people. You can hear God's voice. No matter what the enemy has told you, no matter what your experience is, you get, it starts in faith. Hmm. Faith in faith, taking God at his word. He cannot lie. We got to believe, first of all, we can hear his voice. Okay. Now, okay. Now, I'm on, oh, man, I want to be careful. I don't want to go off on a dog leg here, but I want to. Okay. All right, here it is. What is faith? Now, typically the go-to answer for faith is uh, Hebrews 11.1, 1, right? Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. That's the classic faith definition, right? Okay. But actually, actually, that's really telling us the benefits of faith. Let, let me turn there real quick in my, in my Bible. To Hebrews 11, 1, because this, we, 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 okay, now faith is the evidence of, of the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. 
that's actually saying when you have faith, you're going to get the substance of what you hope for. See, it's you're going to get the evidence, the results of what you didn't have before you prayed. That is the that's the benefits of having faith really is what Hebrews 11 one is telling us. It doesn't tell us what faith is. It tells us the benefits of having faith. You're going to get the substance of what you hope for. You're going to get the results, the evidence of what you did not see before you prayed. So, so really, I think a better definition is found in, in Romans chapter 4. Because I got to have faith in God's word. So I'm, I'm going to show you how to do that real quick. Um, I'm going to pull this up. You know what? I'm going to say this in the NIV. I like the, um, I like the New American Standard and the New King James. I'm going to do this in the NIV. Romans chapter 4, verse 18. We'll go to verse 18 through 20. Okay? Because I think a lot of people get confused on this. All right. So it says this. Against all hope, Abraham, in hope, believed, and so became the father of many nations. Just as it been said to him, so shall your offspring be. Without weakening in his faith, he faced the fact that his body was as good as dead since he was about 100 years old and that Sarah's womb was also dead. Yet he did not waver through unbelief regarding the promises of God, but was strengthened in his faith and gave glory to God, being fully persuaded that God had the power to do what he promised. All right. What does all that mean, Dwayne? Okay, check it out. Here's what's going on. All right. This is back in the Old Testament, Genesis, Abraham and Sarah, right? He's about, he's approaching 100 years old. He's, she's approaching 90 years old. That train, and they, they were told they are going to have a child. That train had long left the station. That factory is closed. You know what I'm saying? They knew in the natural realm that wasn't going to happen, right? But, but listen to what, here's what, here's what, here's why he is the father of faith. It says, being fully persuaded, verse 21, being fully persuaded, being fully persuaded that God had the power to do what he had promised. So your working definition of, of faith is this, that I am fully persuaded. Now, now listen, listen, being fully persuaded is this. It is that I am in my mind and in my heart. Fully convinced that regardless what I see, that God has the power to do what he has promised. Hmm. Now, listen, now, listen to me. That, listen to me. Here's the problem. You've got to, we've got to understand that the mind, it learns and receives and accepts at a much faster rate than the heart. The heart learns and receives at a much slower rate. So, so what happens is I go to a verse like John chapter 10, where it says the sheep hear my voice and my mind says, okay, click, check, got that. What's the next thing? No, 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 no. You've got to keep coming back to that. And you've got to keep coming back to John chapter 10 and keep coming back to John. See, your mind's got it and your mind's waiting for the next thing, but your heart's way back here. The heart learns and accepts. And it's to be fully persuaded. See, to be fully persuaded, I've got to come to this word and then I've got to saturate it in prayer. 
But my mind, boom, I'm ready. What's the next thing, Dwayne? Okay, that's step two. What's the next thing, Dwayne? That's step three. No, 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 no. Let's go back. What does John say? My sheep hear my voice. You are of my sheep. You do hear. And you've got to saturate that until it drips from here down into here. Then you become fully persuaded. That's faith. It ain't just boom, got it up here. What's next? Oh, no, 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 no. So hearing God's voice, I think we come back to that until it is it until we are in faith, until we are fully persuaded. And I've got to get that from here down to here. And that takes repetition, it takes time, it takes intimacy. And then I know that I know that I know, regardless of my past experience, I know I hear him speak because what, what, is, what, is that, what does Bill say? Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. It doesn't say faith comes by hearing the word of God. It says faith comes by hearing. That's faith comes by hearing God. Well, how do I hear God? Hearing God comes from the word. So I've got to have time in here and I have to have time in here. Mm. faith comes by hearing well how am I going to learn to hear by here so I got to get in both it's not 50-50 it's 100% 100% and then I come to John chapter 10 my sheep know my voice I do hear that's where it starts hearing the voice of God (laughs) it's good brother it's good yeah Yeah. great answer um okay i know that was a lot longer (laughs) no no that was on fire um i love doing these podcasts because i just encounter god during them um so another question i have for you is uh like we were talking about relationship and how prayer is um part of building a relationship with god but what are like five keys you've used i mean even if you don't have five keys like what are some keys that you've used to build your relationship with god stronger Okay. Um, I, 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 first of all, I, I think I gave you my my two main ones, which is 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 this. You know. Okay, let me say this. We all got to have a Tom in our life. T O M Tom. What I mean by that is this. Back in in Moses, he talked about he had a tent of meeting. T O M that he would go out away from everybody. His tent of meeting, I call it a Tom. We all need a Tom, a place where we, it just, we, 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 we get, we have to have that time. Faith comes by hearing. If I, and that's only gonna come, Tristan. Okay, I'm gonna say this, this is not a standard. I spend an hour a day, the start of my day in prayer with, Tom, with, with, with the Lord, okay? I didn't start an hour a day. I started with 10 minutes. I started with 10 minutes. Okay. I got some people who I counsel who I say, but five minutes. You find a place and a time and don't get religious about it. If you can't make it, something comes up, you get a phone call, you don't go and beat yourself up. Oh, I didn't get time with God today. Oh, he's going to be so disappointed in me. Oh, things are just not going to go well. No, don't get legalistic about it. But I do, I am intentional, but not legalistic. Okay, I have a plan. All right, 
but I'm also direct. I'm, I'm intentional, but I'm also directional in that. Okay, Lord, I'm open to your leading. Here's my, I'm intentional. I have a plan, but I'm directional at the same time that if the Lord wants me to turn, my plan is I'm intentional to go left, but then I'm directional in that I'm sensitive to the Lord. If he tells me to go right instead, I'm going right. I don't care what my plan says. Mm-hmm. So I try to have a, 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 a I, th- I tell everybody, get a talk. Get a tent of meeting, okay? And that's what you shoot for, but if it don't happen, and sometimes I spend 45 minutes, sometimes I, I don't really time it anymore. Sometimes I'm in there before I know it, and I, you know, getting those Bethel encounter rooms, right? Whoa, where did that hour go? <laughs> Hello, you know? Yeah. So um, so it, it's, it's dude, dude, it's, it's not rocket science. It is, and in that time, I, I get in his word, and I get in his presence. I get in his word, and I get in his presence. And, and those, and, and I will tell you, everything in the world, not everything in the world, I'm exaggerating for clear, exaggeration for clarification. Uh, but stuff will jump in my mind that I leave the iron on. There's a coffee pot, you know, those things that you just got to make that effort. And here's the key. Holy Spirit, help me. Holy Spirit, help me. Holy Spirit, I, I, I truly, truly cannot do this without you. Oh, I don't. And there's been times where I don't even have the want to. Lord, Lord, Holy Spirit, give me the want, the want to, to want to. Mm-hmm. You know, I used this thing here. Every time I opened it, within five minutes, I fell asleep. I mean, going through seminary, man, it's like I can't. It was like, I just, Lord, give me a hunger. Mm-hmm. I prayed that for five years, brother. <laughs> And it didn't just happen like that. It was a gradual process. But now, you know, I'm like, ah, I love this thing. I love my Bible. You yeah. know, the Holy Spirit, man, he's so awesome. Yeah, I know. Well, just ask. Mm. I, I know I'm answering like nine different ways, but anyway. No, yeah. I, I love your answers. These are uh, very powerful. I, I think that for me, um, I, I was just like you. I started reading like in school, they gave us our books that we need to read. And I was like, mm-hmm. oh, I cannot read this right now. And uh, here's a little bit of a testimony I'll share. <laughs> yeah, so, I do, brother. So I was, I, it was like right in December, right before Randy Clark came, right? And right. I was, I read the first uh, like couple of our um, our book readings and stuff. And then our daily reading, I, I was really doing that. But I don't think I was gleaning from it what I needed to, you know? I think mm. I was just, I think I was just yeah. reading it to get through it, you know? And, uh-huh. um, and I felt that on me, but I didn't know how to handle it because I've always been told my whole life, oh, you have ADHD. You're not able to focus on things. So mm-hmm. I, I, I was like listening back and to a, um, a sermon that Bethel had, um, Bill was talking about, uh, something on God is healing, um, mental illnesses. They were talking about PTSD and anxiety and ADHD and stuff at, uh, Bethel. But, and I was like, all right, God, well, uh, if you make a way, this can happen. I was really not on it. You know, I was like, I would love to read, but then Randy Clark week came and that was something, even just being, just being online, watching the conference was Dude, complete. Different come on. Experience. Um, and I remember praying, this was actually incredible here. This is for, uh, the keys of, uh, building relationship with God, everything. But I asked God, I said, um, at the time I was like 190 pounds. I felt very like not right size for my weight. And I was very insecure about stuff, but I was also insecure about my reading and stuff. And I asked God, I said, 
first, God, I want to lose weight and I need you to give me the strength to stop eating all this nonsense as mm. I'm hot pockets mm. as, as I'm praying this, you know? And so, <laughs> amen. And then, and then I say, and I say, God, second, I know your destiny for my life, but I need you to help me to be able to read this thing like it's like gasoline for my car. Mm. I need I need you to give it to where I if I don't have it, God, yeah. it's like I'm I'm having uh, withdrawals from it. And then the next week, all of a sudden, my my uncle Matt comes to town. He says, "Read this book." I read this book, and I can't stop reading. I'm reading books all day long. Read, listening to audio books, reading my Bible. Oh. And and ever since then, like my I don't have that Bible with me, but. My Bible's got highlights all over it. I've got written things <laughs> just been all over it. And my book yeah. collection is just spiraling out of control. And and then I lost in that next couple months. I got on this diet my parents, everybody was on. And um, I tried it before. It didn't work for me because I got angry. But I felt like it was God telling me to get on it. And then I wasn't angry doing it. I was actually able to do it. And now I'm 135 pounds, healthy young man. Like I'm I'm in the gym, like I'm doing wonderful things. God also pulled right. me to a church to do ministry. It's like, it's like, and not, not, I didn't even ask for the church to go to at the time. And he brought me that church to help during a season of hard time that they're in right now, you know, and God, God, I love how he answers what we ask for at times and he, he, but he does it in steps and then he gives us more than we ask. And I think through that season, through that Come season, on. it developed my relationship with him even more. Like mm. it gave me, it gave me the eyes to see, like, like Brandon Lake says in Too Good Not to Believe, um, don't you tell me he can't do it. Because sure. I've seen real life resurrection. Like those, those moments of encounter with yeah. him that we experience the things that other people are like, oh, that's not real because they haven't encountered it. But me and you, yeah, yeah, we, like yeah. many people have just had a physical encounter with God that changed their entire mindset, their their entire way of moving, their entire heart, mm -hmm. just like gave mm -hmm. them that that turnaround and allowed them mm -hmm. to actually go, whoa, I need to repent. Oof. Oof. And Good, uh, bro. It's Preach, in, brother. It's in that presence that like real transformation happens. And yeah. that, that is like you're saying in that alone time of praying and don't mm -hmm. make it legalistic because he doesn't yeah. care about the way you pray. He cares yeah. about, he cares about the, 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 you taking the risk to talk to him mm -hmm. Yeah, because we don't deserve the grace. We don't deserve it. And, and gosh, we really don't, but he loves us so much that he's willing to sit and listen. Uh, I, I love this, uh, that he He loves us and he accepts us right where we are, but he loves us too much to leave us right where we are. Mm. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He loves you right where you are. You're just like that old, old song. You know, you always hear Billy Graham, just as I am, just as I am. And the people come forward. Yeah. He's like, he just, but he loves you too much to leave you just where you are. Just, okay. yeah, dude. Cause yeah, he's so, man, he's, Mm, so, so good so good so good so good and <laughs> it's, it's so hard to hear someone say no i've never had that encounter and you want to leave oh, them in that. you know that's um I, I love and i've really i've just taken it um well i heard bill say so long ago and he continues to say you know just to host his presence that's our 
uh, yeah, God, that's our desire. We want to host his presence so that people can come in and have an encounter with the living God, you know, uh, to where, where it, the unbelievers can come in and it's just undeniable. It just, it just saturates you, you know, and, uh, yeah, we're really striving for that. That's a big part of our prayer night. Um, yeah, so that the unbeliever can come in, that the presence is so thick, you know, you just got to drop down because this, the glory, the weightiness is so, that's why, you know, and I've just really enjoyed that with, with Bethel School and having those times. And yeah, yeah, it's good, brother. I had good. the incredible, sorry, I'm not trying to rabbit trail or anything, but I had the incredible <laughs> opportunity to, I had the incredible opportunity to lead worship this past Sunday. And um, oh, yeah. So what do you do? You sing or what? What? Yeah, I sing. Um, I didn't know. I'm on the production. I'm on the production team at the church, and uh, we had some singers call out. And it's weird how God was kind of throwing things. I felt like everything was falling out of place, and I was like, "Okay, so we have no singers. It's just going to be me at this time." But then we had someone say they'll come, so they said they'll come. We have our band, of course. And um, I asked God. I said, "Well, I haven't sang in a while, and I'm a little nervous." And um, we get there yesterday morning and it's about six o'clock and I was just ready. You know, I'm ready. I like the songs we're going to do. Mm -hmm. And, um, it's during, um, it's during our time. And I was leading the song gratitude was the last song I was going to lead. And, mm -hmm. um, there's so something, good. there's something about that song that I, I felt at the end of it. We, after rehearsals, we went through this just time and it felt like I was really hosting that presence like you're talking about. And I just, mm -hmm. I felt like I had to praise him. And um, it led to just spontaneous me just saying like, we welcome you with praise. And Woo! like, that's what we want to do when God, when God comes in, I want to welcome him with praise. Like if, if, if you have a relative that you haven't seen in a long time and they just walk in your house. Yeah. I mean, I'm going to be like, yo, what? I haven't seen you in so long, <laughs> but like, a lot of this, but a lot of the times it like, say my dad walks in the room. I just saw him yesterday. I'm not going to be that excited, but what mm. I want to be when the father ends the enters the room is on my knees with open hands, ready to receive mm. everything he has for me Yeah. with yeah. that same expectation, with that same reaction. Whoa, the creator just walked in, you know? Dude. Yeah. Uh, brother, I, 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 I feel you. Um, yeah, I, um, uh... I've I've encountered some people when when talking about this subject who who say, well, the Lord is is always with me. You know, I don't I don't need to ask for His presence, and and I I respond with um, typically I'll respond with, yeah, He's always in you. He's always with you. He abides in us, right? Mm -hmm. You're right. But then uh, I, I say, well, when was Jesus without the Holy Spirit? As, as far as when He was growing up, when was He? He was never without the Holy Spirit. He never was, right? Because he never had sin in his life, right? So there never was separation, right? Right? Yet, even though he was filled, always had the Holy Spirit with him, what happened in the Jordan? Holy Spirit came down, rested upon him, and John the Baptist testified and remained. I love it when um, the Chris or Bill throws the napkin over their, over their shoulder and says, and he lived his life in such a way not, not like this, that napkin is the dove. That's saying like, you know, like a dove. Uh, to live his life, and Jesus lived his life in such a way that he remained. The anointing comes upon us. You know, he's always in us. He's in us for our benefit. What does Bill say? He's in us for our benefit, but he comes upon us for those around us. 
And dude, that's what he was doing through your work, through your ministry and worship, brother. That's so good. When you were just sharing that, I was just feeling his presence, man. I was just soaking in the, and you were, you were just talking about it. And I just kind of like, just, just felt his presence. Yeah. yeah. It was, yeah. it was incredible. But like, um, Ooh, the, the thing is, is I said, we, we prayed out and I said, God, um, I want you to remain here. And I want people to come in and enter this room and then leave here like the Samaritan woman running from the well, yelling and screaming and telling everybody about an encounter they had with you. <laughs> and that's that's what that's what I want for Bethel Moments. And that's oh. what I want for everywhere I go is just for God to encounter people to the point where they run out of the room telling of his his good name, you know. Amen. Amen. I got a funny one for you real quick. Uh, um when I first started in Bethel school last year, you know, and I was seeing a lot of um, um, the, 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 the jerking and the reflex kind of going when the Holy Spirit anointing would come upon people, you know, and I was kind of like, okay, Lord, is that, and I was like, I just don't know if that's my thing, man, he came upon me, I had to preach a whole sermon doing this, <laughs> my church is like, my church is, a, they're, they're growing and learning. They're, you know, it's, it's Baptist, Methodist, Lutherans, you know, they're, there ain't really many Bethel, they know Bethel churches around here. So, and they're all, and I'm just sitting here going, I'm trying to, <laughs> Lord, because I was asking, I said, Lord, if that's real, I, I want it. If it's real, I want it. Be yeah. careful what you ask for. <laughs> so, it was good. It was good. I just want to, I just want to honor you. And I thank you so much for coming on, man. Mm. Um, what a blessing. What a privilege, brother. Love this, what you're doing, man. This was a um, moment I've been looking forward to all week. I really, I really do appreciate you. So glad. And, um, I've you. been, I've been praying. I watched you on YouTube and I just want you to shout you out. I'll put the link to your guys' YouTube channel for your church um, below in the description. Um, Y'all should go check yeah. out some of his teachings. Your, your church is uh, going to grow. I feel God all over it. And um, not just that, but I feel like um, a spring is flowing from your church in North mm, Carolina, mm, and mm. that spring is going to flow into the church as well. Mm. So, I receive that, brother. Yeah. I receive that. And I'll get our tech guy. I don't know how to do all this. I'm really bad when it comes to tech stuff to get your uh, your site linked to us. Uh, so I, I'll, I'll tell him. I'll give him the stuff you've sent me okay. and get him to do that. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> <But> thank you <laughs> of course um would you mind praying over um my my viewers and um just absolutely what a privilege absolutely absolutely father god mm, 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 yes just thank you lord that you mm, you've orchestrated this platform through through tristan lord and right now i just ask by your divine power by your presence lord that you just emanate your presence through this this message, through this video, Lord. Lord, that you, Holy Spirit, will just come and rest upon the listeners now, that this word will take hold in their hearts, Lord, that this will be a spark that ignites a flame, a desire for, for, for more prayer, private prayer, corporate prayer, Lord. We need both. You called us to do both, Lord, and I just thank you now for just releasing that anointing, Upon every viewer who listens and sees this message, Father God, in the name of Jesus, I just decree it so. And Lord, let your 
favor continue upon Tristan, Father God, that more and more doors are open in the name of Jesus, that the gospel is spread, Lord. And we just thank you for this humble servant of yours, Father God. And we thank you for the dedicated viewers to him, Lord, and all that you're going to do through all of them, all of them. In Jesus' holy name we do pray. Amen. Thank you guys so much for watching. Please be sure to hit that subscribe button and the notification bell so you can stay up to date with all Bethel Moments content.